0: An ordinary day in Hong Kong starts with a cup of coffee, or sometimes a milk tea at a cha-chan-tang or local cafe. Hello, Hello. I live on Hong Kong Island in a neighborhood called Tsung Wan, It's known for its dried seafood shops that line the streets, and there's always a tinge of dried fish smell that permeates the air. It's a bit slower than Central, with less skyscrapers and less office goers, but it's full of life. There's markets and fruit stands at the corner of Bonham Strand and Queens Road Central, where I'd sometimes get my fruits. And another part of Xiongwon that I fell in love with was San. There's coffee shops and galleries there, perfect for a lazy weekend. And then there's Cat Street, which I felt betrayed to learn had no cats, but was a street lined with antique shops where you could find magazines from the 80s, music records, and vintage Chinese porcelain. And so on Saturdays, I'd sit at Halfway Coffee at the corner of Cat Street and just take it all in. And on the weekdays, I ride the MTR to work. It's a pleasant 30-minute ride to my office in Kowloon Tong. And unlike New York, there's no random delays, no mysterious smells, and a train comes every two to three minutes like clockwork. This is the same MTR that would carry my friends and I to the countless islands and mountains on the weekends. There were days when I went to the beach in the morning and went on a hike at night, and everything was just a train ride away. And that's when I learned that I really liked having the sun and being in warm weather and having, you know, nature so accessible to me. So it's been one and a half years, almost two, and yet I still feel a sense of rush when I think about the fact that I live here. For most of my life, Hong Kong was a place that felt like home, even though I've never visited until I was 20. I wasn't born or raised here, and my connection to it was mainly through music, TV, film, which I consumed voraciously. And in retrospect, I think it was a subconscious attempt to find and maintain some sort of linkage to my roots. And I wonder sometimes, what was I chasing after when I decided to come to Hong Kong? The reasons seemed vague to me at the time, but every part of me was telling me that this was something I had to do. There's more clarity looking backwards, and as I do that, I think I see two reasons. The first reason was that I felt I needed to do something completely off the path. You know what I'm talking about, right? The default path the path that i've always been on go to college get a good job get a better job and keep getting better jobs at 23 i bought an apartment accumulated nice furniture and waited for weekends and vacations and gradually i started to feel drained and unsure what all of this was for i think i needed to prove to myself that it's not too late for me to question the path that i was on and i wanted to be able to create and Iterate on a path that actually feels energizing and authentic to me. And the second reason may have seemed obvious to everyone except myself. Perhaps like many whose parents immigrated from elsewhere, I felt like something was missing. Maybe I was searching for a sense of belonging, something that sociologists would actually call roots tourism. Whatever the reasons were, I felt like I gained so much from this experience I loved being able to blend into the crowd and I never realized how liberating that feeling was. I made some incredible friends and memories. So shout out to all my friends from The Weave, from Lala Move, and to my group of girlfriends, The Shavages. And I learned so much about the kind of life that I want for myself. And that life is one that allows me to experiment and to constantly ask myself, is this still the path that I want to be taking? And in that spirit, the same gut feeling that propelled me to move to Hong Kong was now telling me that I was ready for my next adventure. One that brings me closer to home, gives me the sun and access to the outdoors, and the same sense of adventure that I had here. I got a job back home, and I also broke the news to my mom that while I'm going back to the States, I may not be staying in New York City. (laughs) So I probably don't have to translate her reaction, but she's coming around. Moving back home feels scary. I don't know what the future holds and whether I'd feel as happy as I do now, whether I'd regret the decision. All I can hope for is that the good habits I've built and the lessons I've learned here will help ground me in this period of transition. And so that brings me to this podcast. This is the 10th episode and it will also be the wrap of season 1. I'll be taking a few months off before coming back with season 2 and it's because I want to be present in my life during this transition and also because I want to make sure that season 2 is even better than season 1. This podcast is, again, for the first-generation Asian kids navigating adulthood, and I'll never claim that this podcast is representative of everyone who fits that description, but it's a space that I want to carve out for the many varied stories that our community has, and I hope it reaches those who resonate with it and as I mentioned before I want to continue experimenting with my life but also with this podcast and if you've listened to past episodes you can already tell that this episode is a completely different format than it was for the previous nine so thank you for joining in today and partaking in my mini experiment and with that thank you so much for allowing me to share my story and for listening to the stories of all my guests in season one. Please continue to share this podcast with your friends, your family, any first-generation Asian kids who are navigating their own lives and adulthood. I'll see you in a few months. Bye!